Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing shielding the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo will for you come Coming at you with stats and things, flapping their wings. You can't live up to expectations, so just do your best. (laughs) That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors. (laughs) Just go with what you saw today. Change your opinion daily. Yeah, I'm all about that. You'll be wrong often, but then you can just point back to when you were right. No one will remember. No one's listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman here on Sunday, August 11th. After the Eagles' lengthy practice at the NovaCare Complex, probably the last good practice of training camp, it's fair to say, right? Only two practices in training camp left, and they both figured to be light ones, right? Last good training camp practice with just the Eagles on the field. They're going to have two against the Ravens next week that... Uh, they're like they're bonus practices for us because yes. we don't typically get to see practice after the second week of the preseason. And my guess is that the Eagles will use those almost like preseason games. So I think they'll be physical. Uh, they'll be better than some uh, than a lot of training camp practices. Andrew Sandejo will probably break Hayden Hurst's hip. You think so? Yes. Because Hayden Hurst is old? Or Correct, because, he, okay. because he's so old. Okay. And Sandejo can, can't possibly let up in the middle of a practice. There you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think today was confirmation of something that you have written about and talked about and something that we will see even against the Ravens is that uh, practice at this point for the Eagles is for the starters and the backups, the preseason games are for the backups. That's basically uh, the way things will work from here until, until week one, the ones got like 75% of the reps today and there was basically no threes. It was just ones and twos. And I, I think that's what we'll see. Uh, really moving forward as the Eagles turn their eyes towards week one because they're probably not going to play the starters for the most part throughout the preseason. You're absolutely right. It is a departure from how Doug Peterson has handled this in the past as uh, as I tried chronicling in a story last week. And the Los Angeles Rams did it last year. They were really the trendsetters. You know, I, I, I've seen some comments on social media about like how the Eagles are are kind of starting this new trend. Really, it was the Rams last year. Jared Goff didn't play in the preseason at all. And then you looked elsewhere. Do you think if he had played in the preseason, he wouldn't have been such a dud in the Super Bowl? He got his team to the Super Bowl, so I think Jared Goff deserves a lot of credit. I don't think he deserves that much credit. Uh, and then... I think that I think that 20 to 25 quarterbacks would have led the Rams to the Super Bowl last year. I think that's wrong. I, I think Jared Goff... Now... In Sean McVay's scheme, uh, with the talent around him, maybe so. But I, I give Goff credit. He he won those games for him. He got them he deep stinks. into the playoffs. He, he does not stink. He stinks. He does not stink. But anyway, Jared Goff did not play in the preseason last year. And then other top quarterbacks, such as Aaron Rodgers, only played one game. Um, Drew Brees, I believe, only played one game. Uh, Brady did not really take that many snaps last year. So... This is something that the league's been trending toward, and it really seems Doug Peterson's taken that approach. And, and like you said, with the amount of time that the starters are playing during practice, this is where they're getting their reps, not the game. 
Ryan Mallett would have led the Rams to the Super Bowl. I don't believe so. I really <laughs> right, don't I believe won't, so. I won't, no, I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't uh, we'll, die uh, on the Ryan Mallett Hill, but uh, Jared Goff's not good, and we can talk about that throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, we'll have that conversation because I now I don't want to get in the position of like defending every quarter. All the bad, you're, because, you're defending lots of bad players. No, because to me, it's, do you think Trubisky's good? Well, it's not binary. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't live in a world where you are either good or bad. You know, how I, about I, Kirk Cousins? He's. He, I don't live in a world where you're good or bad. I, I think there's there's degrees of this. Like Kirk Cousins has won an NFC East, has brought his team to the playoffs. Uh, he's he's won games in this in, in he's won big games before. Uh, Mitch Trubisky led the Bears to what the NFC North Championship last year. Yeah, it I was all Trubisky, not the defense. Yeah, but he's still the quarterback. Like you know, so I'm not saying you're at Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I should put Aaron Rodgers first. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. You Drew don't have Brees to. Level. You can make a case for well, Mahomes one. I'm, I'm willing to listen to I that. I was saying Mahomes was the MVP last year. Mahomes, <laughs> Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, Wentz, Bradford. <laughs> no, not Brad. No, but but it goes back to what I'm saying. Like Matt Ryan. There are object like Trubisky there are quarterbacks who are objectively bad quarterbacks. They 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 don't. Play well, right? Ever. Like Kirk Cousins, for instance. Kirk Cousins is not in a bad. He's not a. He's not a bad quarterback. He is not. <laughs> he's not an elite quarterback. He's not a. He's not a great quarterback. But to me, if you're one of the top twenty quarterbacks in the league, top twenty, yeah. All right. So it, it, there's there's let's say your top three, which in my opinion, you have your. Rodgers, Breeze, Brady, Rodgers, Brady, Breeze. I mean, just Mahomes is better than Brady. <laughs> okay, I, I, I mean, I'm not. Uh, you won't find a bigger Patrick Mahomes fan than me. Like, well, you might find one, but <laughs> but I'm saying, like, I'm the guy who went to see Patrick Mahomes as he told us yeah. at Texas Tech because I wanted to see that arm talent. Uh, my the point is, <laughs> my point is that Brady stinks. That there's a top. <laughs> <laughs> that there's a top let's say that there's a top eight to ten and then there's a next tier so let's go with our colleague mike sandoz quarterback tier sure i think if you're in one of those top you know three four tiers then you're a good quarterback i think yeah, once you get beyond fourth that, tier we can we okay. can hem and haw all right well, how good do you think brady would be if it weren't for all the uh you know supplements i think tom brady is outside he's He's beyond reproach, in my opinion. He is certainly not he's, beyond he, reproach. He is beyond reproach. Like, there's, there's nothing Tom Brady needs to do to prove to me that he's, that he's not the greatest quarterback of all time. What about cheating? What about cheating? Are, are, you, are you referring to the to the? I'm referring balls? to breaking the rules. Yeah. All right. So I covered that Patriots-Colts <laughs> game. I was... I was there that day, all right? And why? Why was I covering yeah. it? Yeah. Because we, uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer, we, we oh. cover championship games okay. and, and Super Bowls. And, um, and so I, I was in Gillette Stadium. And the Patriots... Were you the deflator? I was not the deflator. The Patriots would have outplayed the Colts that day if the ball was, like, was, was wound... Well, if... If like there was right. the maximum PSI in the ball, like if the ball was so close to bursting, they were they were just such a better team. That were night. you there the day that uh, Tom Brady's trainer gave Julian Edelman steroids? 
I don't know what day that was, so I couldn't tell you. But I, I've spent a lot of time in Foxborough. I, I, I was in there. I was there when the Jets beat them in the playoffs. Mark Sanchez. And, yep, I was. I was there that day. Your I boy, was, the Sanchez. I was there uh, for a Patriots Ravens um, playoff game. Uh, big one there. I was there when Randy Moss had his return to Foxborough. I was a member mm. of the Vikings. Uh, so I, I forgot I, about that. I've got, I've covered it, and and I was there in Foxborough when Jim Washburn and Colin Jenkins got into it on the sideline in a Ooh, preseason game. That's a good one. I was there when the Chip Kelly Eagles upset the Patriots. And Mark Sanchez gave you the gave you the scouting report on how on how that would happen. Uh, so so I I I always like going to uh, Foxborough. Well, you don't like going to Foxborough, right? Well, I like going to Gillette Stadium. Okay, but yeah. the trip to Foxborough is a is a pain. No, that's a that's an annoying one. Yeah. But there are worse places to go. What's your worst? What's your least favorite road game? My least favorite road game, uh, like of of any road game, it's the fourth preseason game against the Jets when it's in New York. Yeah, it doesn't get. But out, outside of that, context independent. Con- okay, context independent. Um, so, like Oakland Stadium's bad, but you get to go to the Bay Area, mm-hmm. so you you need to eliminate that. Um, I guess I wouldn't say. Uh, are you setting me up to say Lambeau Field? Is that what it is? Because no, I the, because I love Lambeau Field itself. Yes. I I don't like that trip. The trip to is. There. The, I yeah. think I mean more like uh, Sheila and I are in total agreement that the drive down to Landover and then watching okay. the game from watching that the game from that view is awful. horrible. I like it's to horrible. have a yeah. I like to have a road game in D.C. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not in D.C. No. And I I love DC uh, as we've established. Yeah, but now this would not happen in the era of the two AM podcasts. But it's actually pretty convenient to take Amtrak down there, right? It is uh, nice. to New Carrollton, and you know you you do work on the way down, do work on lift, the way yeah. back. It's a quick like ten minute drive. You, you can you can get an Uber or a taxi. So well, we might be able to get that five AM uh, Amtrak. Yeah, seriously. The uh, <laughs> the podcast is a different animal. We could podcast from the Amtrak. That would be entertaining. That would be so annoying for that the other people in the car. That would be entertaining. They'd say, "What's that?" Would be our, maybe that should be our our preseason live podcast. We just have everybody book a train, <laughs> and that's we get a car to ourselves, <laughs> and that's the audience. They'd say, "What's with all these bird puns?" <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so we'll have a little quack this report today, yes. uh, and then we will close with a. Uh, return of Name That Loon. I've got a few lined up, and one in particular that I'm that I'm quite excited about. Great. Um, but I think before we get into the Quackers Report, one thing you wanted to talk about, Mr. Berman, is is just your overall thoughts on the summer, the training camp that Carson Wentz has had. And to be frank, I mean, this is until, uh, except for the Ravens practices, this is probably, the book is close to closed yeah. on what we are going to have seen from Carson Wentz because of, of uh, what practices we are not allowed to see. Yes. I don't think Carson Wentz has, has, has had like an exceptional training camp. I, th- I think... Uh, Here's my... I guess the first question is this. Does it matter? My opinion, no. Okay. No. Uh, I mean, I... I've and I agree this. with that. I've written this. I The only I, thing that matters is that he has not gotten hurt. Exactly. And I think that's the only thing that matters to the team. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I am high on, on Carson Wentz stock right now. I, I think that there's there's only one of two things that are going to happen. He's either going to be so you think this is binary? <laughs> yes, this one. Is. Okay. Uh, I think he's either going to be really good or he's going to be injured. 
I don't think we're going to see mediocre Carson Wentz. Last year, there were too many times where he was mediocre Carson Wentz. And I don't think we're going to see that this year. Uh, I think I tend to agree with I that. I think he's going to be better or he's going to be injured. Now, my commentary about practice is that he's really operated from the pocket. Basically, almost every practice. Uh, he, he had two throws today. Today. As I can't wait to read in your practice report. I haven't read it yet. But um, where he was rolling out. And that's that's to me is when Carson's best. Frankly, the the performance he had in 2017, especially on third downs, a lot of it was because he was improvising. And when he does that, that's what separates him. That's his special skill, uh, in in my opinion. And so when he's not doing that, when they have him operating within the pocket, I think it takes him down a I think it takes him down a notch. I think that's true. And uh, he did make two of those plays today. And, you know, it's always so hard to, uh, to judge when they're not going live. And, and obviously you can't hit the quarterback mm-hmm. even when you are going live. Um, but it is, the, it is the, you know, this is the thing that has been talked about about Carson Wentz for the last three years, basically. The balance between not wanting to hinder what makes him special um, and then also wanting to protect him and wanting to prevent him from, you know, one of the few things statistically that he doesn't do well is he takes too many sacks. Uh, and he fumbles too too often. Do you think he takes too many sacks? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think there's a happy medium that he can that he can improve upon, uh, take a little bit fewer sacks, and mm-hmm. still be extending the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you wrote about in your practice observations from yesterday, the you know he ran almost half as often as he ran the ball the year before. Yep. Um, and I think, thank you for reading. I, I think yeah. probably the Eagles would like to split that difference, right? Like. Maybe not run quite as much as he did in 2017, um, but definitely more than he did last year. Maybe so. I, I, I don't have an issue with him running like he did in 2017. I don't really have an issue either. I have an issue either, with him getting hit like he but, did in yeah, 2017. But, but you know, at the end of plays, you're probably right. I think the, that's fair. Uh, I keep thinking back, uh, and it was, it was kind of ominous. You know, the Seattle game, if, if you, the 2017 Seattle game, when he fumbled the ball out of the back of the end zone, or he... he Scrambled, tried jumping into the end zone, um, and fumbled the ball. You following the play I was talking about? Say that one more time, sorry. So 2017 Seattle, so the week before he got injured. Oh, yes. When he had the fumble. Yeah, yeah. um, Trying to make a play. And a lot of the talk that that week was about Carson protecting himself and, you know, can he play like this? I vividly recall being in Angel Stadium, having that conversation uh, with Carson, with Doug, and then it was just... It it was uh, coincidental, but almost eerie that a, a, a few days later at the Coliseum is when he tours ACL. So uh, my, you know, I don't think running is the problem. I, I I think it's the way he finishes the runs, inviting contact as opposed to as opposed to avoiding it, and it's almost like like uh, against Carson's ethos to slide or to not you know or or to not get the I contact. I think that's against most competitive guys. Yeah, but live for the next play. Um, as my old friend Chip Kelly used to say, you know where I'm going with this? Uh, no. Touchdown first down get down? Mm-hmm. I don't remember that, but you don't that's remember a good that one. Expression? That is a good one. That's what he would say. Look for the touchdown. If it's not there, look for the first down. If it's not there, get down. Right. Touchdown first down get down. And then bring me all your white guys. <laughs> No, those are his no, two. Those no, are his two. No, 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 mottos. no, no, no. But I am not having that conversation. <laughs> uh, 
no, I think that's right, though. I think that is that is the way that Carson Wentz should approach it. Yes. By the way, um, I imagine we're going to have like a Los Angeles listener here who's who's going to see Chip at, at like a local burger shop and, and and be like, Zach Berman's defending you on Birds with Friends. And like, <laughs> are you sure it's Zach doing that? Like, I don't think Chip saw that. You don't think and, Chip thinks you're his great defender? No, I, def- I definitely don't think Chip Who do you think he that. thinks was his great defender? Nobody. Nobody could understand the greatness, the, the great genius of Chip Kelly probably, right? No, there were some people who were his great defenders, but it doesn't need to be discussed on this podcast. Okay, fair enough. Yes. Um, so back to Carson and just the summer that he's had. Yes. Um, I mean, I agree that in general it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Uh, he has had some up and down days, and, mm-hmm. you, you know, you do, as they say, the, the other guys get paid too. Like, you've got to give a little bit of credit to the defense. Absolutely. Um, but I think he's been – I mean, I think he's been pretty good. I think he's been fine. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. Like – uh, you know, there was once upon a time in 2017 when there was lots of questions about whether Carson Wentz could throw the deep ball. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that has been answered. Like, and, and he's he's done a good job finding Deshaun um, throughout camp. Um, but my point is, like, you know, who actually who I who I think has not had, this is aside from yeah. Carson. Uh, don't you feel like Dallas Goddard has flashed less in the summer than he did in the spring? Well, he's been hurt this week, so before well, the, right. I, I thought I, he, I, people like people, I, I like Dallas Goddard a lot. Yeah. He's very. Oh good. no, I think the Dallas Goddard hype's gotten. I think it's gotten a little bit too yes, crazy exactly. to the point where it's like, oh, maybe they should trade Zach Ertz. Let's let's not forget yeah. how good Zach Ertz is. Definitely, let's not forget how good Zach Ertz is. I I actually wrote that in the practice observations. Like, I I, I think he's someone who who the fan base can almost take for granted just because he's right. been so good. Uh, well, I mean, and like what makes season. him so good, it's not super flashy. Like, you know, he's not yeah. like Travis Kelsey running over guys or like jumping up and he's making just such a precise route. Catches. He, he's so precise. Ex- as, exactly. as Shield has talked about, you know, the, the leverage that, that that's all the coaches talk about, like how good he is at just creating those little minor angles. Yep. Um, and he's. And the catch radius. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and so it, it. And Dallas Goddard, it's almost like. Uh, it's like the trendy restaurant everyone wants to go to. Right. Um, like but, Dallas Goddard is, I mean, he is better at, so he's certainly a better blocker uh, than Zach Ertz is. He's a, he's, a, he's a very good blocker. And he does things that are a little bit more uh, eye-popping. Like, his, you know, he's a better athlete, probably. And he, he is... I don't know about that. He probably goes up so? and gets it maybe a little bit better. But, like, he's got a long way to go. I think he's, he, he's, he's better at running after the catch than Ertz is. I would agree with that, too. Uh, but... I would take Ertz any day. Of and course. I had this debate with someone today. Like, someone was arguing Dallas Goddard's a top 10 tight end already. And I said, no. Well, I there aren't that many that. good tight ends. Yeah, but if, if you gave me, I could write down 10 tight ends before I got to Dallas Goddard. I think. Okay, let's hear it. I think that's like viewing it through through green colored glasses. I think that's something. right. But I also do think that you, I'm, I'm willing to listen to the case. I mean, you've okay. got the top three. And then there's like everybody else. So, so would you take Evan Ingram over him? I would, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, would you take OJ Howard over him? Yes. Okay. Exactly. That's five. All right. Uh, well, I mean, would you take Jordan Reed over him? No. Okay. okay. I mean, I mean, if you can guarantee me health, <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, Dallas Goddard's hurt right now too. By the way. Well, yeah, but so Dallas Goddard's just got a little minor nagging <laughs> yeah, thing sure. that they're holding him off for uh, week one. He's Jordan not Reed's like having a good camp. Have you read those reports? Yeah, because it's non-contact. <laughs> uh, would you take Greg Olson over him? 
probably not. I mean, like, if you could guarantee me for one game, sure, but like. Well, I'm not talking about for the next 10 years. G Reg. What's that? G Reg. Um, right, would you take Jared Cook over him? No. <laughs> all right, you might be this guy I was arguing with. <laughs> no, I mean, I would. I would. Uh, uh, all right, would you, would you take uh, David Joku over him? And Joku. Am I pronouncing um, it correctly? I would be lying if I, if I thought I had a real solid opinion on David and Joku. Would you take Eric Ebron or Jack Doyle over him? No. Okay. Would you take Jimmy Graham over him? No. You would not take Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham was bad last year. Was was Dallas Goddard this like <laughs> no. this all pro tight end last no. year? And it's it, and it does go to the other thing that I said before that like you know we're, we're crazy over Dallas Goddard's rookie season. Will Ty's rookie season was like <laughs> twice as good. Yeah. And, and look, this will come off as as me like ripping on Dallas Goddard, and I'm not doing that. I'm I'm just saying that. That he still need he and I think he's going to be very good. I think he's going to be a weapon in this offense, and I think they need to find ways to get him on the field. That being said, uh, I think some of the hype has gotten a little overboard. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, Sorry, so. I was texting with uh, your buddy, Mister Gelb. We're planning tomorrow's episode of Everybody Hits. Can't wait to listen. Um, okay, anything else on Carson? I feel like we've we've yeah. Uh, I mean, I I would tell fans. Uh, don't be concerned, you know, because when when we're doing these reports every day, like you're just looking at that isolated practice. And I, I, I think big picture perspective and we haven't kind of looked at it from, you know, from the what's the what's the expression? Thirty five thousand. OK, yeah. Bird's eye view. OK, uh, we haven't looked at it from the bird's eye view. But uh, from that perspective, I think Carson Wentz is healthy, looking good, playing well, and he's going to have a good season. I think so, too. And, I mean, not for nothing, as we've said before, these are most likely to be the best, like, array of weapons he's ever yes. going to have in his career. Yes. Uh, the quick thing I, w- I was going to say in, in terms of, like, how to judge a practice. Hmm. So when the Eagles had their open practices against the Patriots in 2013, 2014. When Tom Brady ended Curtis Marsh's career. Yes. Like, Brady, <laughs> like watching Brady in practice, it was like a clinic. Yeah, it's true. Um, it was like there, was, there were, like, no incompletions. Yes. And it was, like, it, it was as if Curtis Marsh, like, he, it was as if Tom Brady before practice found out that Curtis Marsh <laughs> had tweeted something mean about Giselle yes. once. Yes. He just, yes. like, That's relentlessly exactly. roasted him. Like, yeah. it was really sad. It, and it was also like Curtis Marsh was like, oh, he's having an okay camp. Like, <laughs> it was it. After that day, it was, it was over. It was incredible to watch. Um, so to me, that, that is like the Sam Bradford pro day of practices. Right. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. That was, I always remember that. Also a big, a good day for, that was a good uh, a couple of days for Nate Sunfeld's brother, Zach Sunfeld. Okay, yeah. Was he undrafted that tight summer? end, maybe. Okay. Uh, he was an overager, unfortunately. Uh, okay, today's Quactus Report, I guess we've talked, to, we've, we've talked about a, a few little things. The big thing was just that it was like all ones, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of team drill today. Um, there were, let's see, what were some interesting notes? It was a day with... Avante Maddox on the outside and Sidney Jones on the inside. During the defensive install, which, to the conversation we had yesterday, Ronald Darby was lining up as mm-hmm. the first-team right cornerback with uh, Russell Douglas on the bench. We'll see what happens when he's actually healthy, but that was uh, worth noting. Um, we saw some shuffling of the linebackers. Uh, LJ Fort and Alex Singleton got some reps with the ones. It was a big day on defense for the big dime. 
which is three safeties, three corners. And both LJ Fort and Nate Gary worked as the lone linebacker in those uh, in those sessions. That was their Super Bowl formation. That was their Super Bowl formation. Um, Much to Michael Kendricks' uh, correct. Yeah. Uh, no, Vinny Curry today he was sick, so that meant that uh, Derek Barnett got the initial reps. But then I, I think their plan for him today was not to overwork him, so he worked with the the ones in the first team session, and then after that was mostly Josh Sweat. And Josh Sweat had a good day. He actually beat Jason Peters on one inside move. How long did it take? Inside move. <laughs> uh, you know you know, it's speed around the edge. He just set him up. Maybe Peters was expecting Daniil Hunter on the outside, and that's go. what opened it up uh, inside. Uh, but uh, Sweat looked good today, I thought. Um, and, and because there's a lot of Deshaun Hall smoke. or yeah. What's the expression you guys use? Smoke? Yes, whether, oh, oh, gassing up? Yeah, gassing People up. are gassing him up? Yeah. yeah, and rightfully so. He played real well the other night. But I, he's on the sideline, yeah. and, I, and maybe Josh West hearing that. Can't make the clump in the tump. Mm-hmm. Um, Eli Harold was out there today. He was. He did not play very much. Yeah. Uh, but but Schwartz gave him the, uh, he's got a good body. <laughs> yes. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I spoke to Eli after, after practice, said that this is his first time playing 4-3 defensive end since uh, college, and when that was brought up to Jim Schwartz, Schwartz was like, you got to watch the tape from Detroit, because he was like a hybrid uh, right, there. Right, right. Um, so it seemed like Schwartz kind of disagreed with that, that assertion. A friend of the show, Daniel Gallen, was saying that Eli Harold had some interesting things to say about his time in Detroit. I I exited uh, you, you left early at that to point. go okay. to Schwartz. Um, but he, you know, he, he was talking about the adjustment scheme, what they're expecting from him. I I did not hear what he said about Detroit. Well, check out I'm, Daniel Gallen's story there. Yeah, I'm curious to see Something that. about how like he... Uh, what the coaches told him is not what not how they followed through. Or something oh, like is that, that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, what else? Uh, Miles Sanders had a very nice run. I thought his best run of camp. It was a very decisive downhill cut through the hole. Not even cut, just like straight through the hole and then into the second level. Uh, that was nice. And, I, and I, as I wrote in the practice report, I think that, like, you know, the jump cut was nice and that was sort of flashy, but probably what is going to get him on the field more than Jordan Howard is, is you know, being decisive and making the right reads and not, and you know block taking what is blocked and I, and then seeing what you get after that. I thought a conversation you had, or I, I shouldn't say conversation, question and answer you had with Doug Peterson yesterday was also yes. enlightening for Miles Sanders' stock. Yes, I asked him about that play, the sack in the game against uh, the Titans, where they sent two guys, they sent two blitzers, and Miles Sanders took the inside guy, and then the outside guy ended up getting the sack. And I just asked Doug if he, you know, if he did the right thing there. And he said he was. First of all, it had been a fairly testy press conference, and he was like thrilled <laughs> yes. to get this question for some reason. Um, but he said he was impressed. Miles Sanders did do the right thing. Uh, I guess he made a great decision. He yeah. said he made a great decision, uh, and Vitai just didn't see it quickly enough. Basically, said Vitai screwed up. Yes. <laughs> right? He said he didn't see it quickly. Without, without but it like they sent, they sent one more guy, yeah. and they had blockers. Exactly. Um, so it was a tough play, but. I mean, I think that was a as we just like glean little bits of information. They're not going to play Miles Sanders that much. The fact that he made that right read, I think, probably tells you that that maybe they are willing to put him out there in that in, in that uh, capacity. And to me, that's the key. And and this goes back to uh, my first week on on the beat with you guys when 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 you Shio and I did the uh, recap, or I'm sorry, the grading for Darren Sproles, and kind of the big question was, right. are they going to use him and on, or, I'm sorry, are they going to use him on offense? And if they can trust Miles Sanders on third downs, 
then Miles Sanders should be on the field over Darren Sproles. That, to me, is non-negotiable. Like, I, mean, I agree with Sproles, that, but I also think this, and I, I said this in the observations, how crazy do you think I would be if I told you I think that Darren Sproles is going to play more snaps per game than Jordan Howard? More snaps per game than Jordan Howard? Yes. I'm going to disagree with you on that. I, I mean, I think it's the odds are against that. Yeah. Howard yeah. should be playing more snaps. But I think there's a I think there's a scenario where Miles Sanders is good enough that Jordan Howard serves no purpose. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, at least and Doug time. is always going to want to get Sproles on the field. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I'm like he can't quit it. <laughs> that it's is like, true. It's like that is true. Uh, but I'll I'll say this: he gets Sproles on the field because he trusts Sproles. If he can trust the other guys, I think that'll be different. Right, but I don't. But Jordan Howard. Should never be on the field on third down. No, and I don't think he's going to be. Right. So if Miles Sanders is taking the first and second down reps from Jordan Howard, maybe Sproles is on the field on some third downs. Yeah, well, I think going into the season, Sproles is going to be on the field on third downs. Right. And then I, I think you'll gradually change where Sproles could get hurt. Um, no, I mean, yeah, if but, or when. But I, I, I think Jordan Howard's going to have a definite role on this team. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. First off, I don't think they burn. I don't think they burn that draft pick. I think Howard. They've, burn, they've been burning lots of draft picks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Although, you see the Vikings today. Yeah. They sent a fifth rounder for a kicker. Yeah. After, yeah. after um, what? Two years ago, they drafted Daniel Carson uh, in the fifth yeah. round, well, and then uh, Jason Light just took another kicker in, <laughs> in the fifth round. But this guy's interesting. And the Niners took a punter, like an 80 year old punter, in the fourth round. Yeah, this guy could be a kicker and a punter, though. Well, so it's interesting. I. I've always said, like, try to find a guy who can do both. Like Alex Henry. Could Alex Henry do both? Hey, you punted at Nebraska. Oh, well, they should have made him do both. Mm-hmm. You save a, you save a, uh, you save a, a roster spot. Right. I, I also think you can get someone else to do long snapping for you. But the argument I've I always know. heard against that is if that player gets hurt, you know, there's more, if a guy's out on the field, oh, you could, stuff, he's got a chance to get hurt. There's more likelihood yeah. of him getting hurt. That's true. That's true. So I'd rather have the roster spot and train too. I don't know. It's so, it's so precise. That I think I, I'm happy to use that roster spot on a guy who's just like, doing that. I, I maybe so. I I think you can cross train. I mean, uh, training camp is a time when we really overvalue the 53rd guy on the roster. Like what that spot can do for you. Yeah, but you know when they're going to cycle through that? so many jabronis on that with that spot no, over the course I, of the season. I mean, I like I think you can get like. Like, you can get your backup linebacker to do that. Like, when they drafted Nate Gary, and Nate Gary did that before, you can develop Nate Gary to do that. I don't agree with that. Okay. All right. I mean, Nate Gary could do that for, like, a college team. But, like, at the NFL, it has to be so precise, the, the snapping. Like, yeah, so, so the Giants took Zach Diossi as a linebacker long snapper. Then they just, like, they eventually just made him a long snapper for the reason you said. Right. And there was also injury stuff involved there. But nonetheless, like I, if you can get a guy to do both, you're saving a roster spot. If you can get a guy to kick and punt, you're saving a roster spot. I feel like kick and punt is 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 more likely than than a long snap or something else. Okay. I don't know. I mean, there was there was Mike Bartram, <laughs> tight end extraordinaire who's yeah. who's on the coaching staff. He is. Yeah. I, I don't really see him out there though. Neither do I. I yeah. Maybe I just don't know what he looks like. <laughs> oh, no, I I know what he looks like. I'm trying to think like. Yeah, I watch the tight ends, but I gotta gotta look harder. And like coming off the field, I, I don't know. I'm gonna gonna look for Mike tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Other stuff from practice. Check the observations. That's really 
Yeah. That's what you got to know. We, we don't have many days left of observations. So. No, two, only two left. Well, no, I guess four left. Monday, Tuesday, yeah. and then the joint practices. We're probably going to have to, uh, we should probably tag team on the joint practices because they'll have like two fields of oh, that's good, good action point. going on. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for Nan That Loon? Yes, I was embarrassed with my performance last time. I don't know if this is going to be any better. The long-anticipated return. I have five for you, and once again, in uh, somewhat somewhat increasing level of difficulty. We start with with an easy one for you. With the first divisional showdown Thursday night. I think um, think this team is hungry. I think hungry is in, uh, you know, then... Probably ever been because uh, the guys that were here last year. Fletcher don't Cox. Know what it feel like. Correct. Okay. And Chris McPherson. Yeah, this is a, this is a good segment for C Mac. Okay. Number two. Who deserves it? Great guy. Yes. Absolutely. from the beginning of the season to now. I'd say quite a bit. You know, um, just seeing playing a little bit more, seeing the different coverages, kind of how people play, uh, learning how to watch film with Zach, watching Zach play. Dallas Goddard. Okay. Correct. Now, would you have gotten that if you hadn't said yes. Zach there? Yes, yes, I would have. Okay. Uh, all right, number three. This is a fun one. Are, are these current players or former players? No, all, they are all, they are, I am not telling you the answer to that. Okay. They, they are all, everyone who, from your time on the beat, is okay. eligible. Okay. I will tell you that there are, they are only players today. Okay. I'd like to make a lot of plays and give it everything I got. <laughs> Are you excited for uh, Saturday? Do you know how much you're going to play, or how much do you feel like you need to you need the play to get ready for the regular season? No, no, you know I like, you know, I don't know how much I'm going to play, but you know, I definitely am very excited. What's the importance? It's me. From your perspective of, of getting familiar with the guys around you, because because you haven't played the game. Very important, you know, getting that chemistry and you know just getting. Uh, used to playing with those guys is extremely important. You got okay. to give an answer. All right, so all right, so this is the preseason. I also see uh, Megan Montemuro in the background of this. Yeah, video. so no, so this is a preseason, and it's a Saturday preseason game. They haven't had a Saturday <laughs> preseason game in a few years. Okay, so there's a context. You're just listening to the context. You're yeah. not. You're playing a different game than I think the purpose <laughs> no, of trying, Name That Loon. So this is like the spelling bee when they're asking for like the etymology. <laughs> you're of right. It, you're right. Yeah, um, all right. So it's a Saturday preseason game, and and let's see, you have Elliot was on the beat, so we're looking at after 2013, okay? So this needs to be out of the 2014-2015 season. Um, it's a player that they, it's a it's it's a player they traded for who just came in, because um, he. So the voice is doing nothing for you. Not yet, no. Um, I feel like there's a chance that Jimmy's getting this one in his car somewhere. Okay, so I'm going... Hold, hold on, let me just... You see, it's hard on the spot because I feel like I need to fill the airtime. Mm. Who is it? Is it... Wait, is it Corey Graham? It is no. not Corey okay. Graham. Did that sound like Corey Graham No, no, you? no, it did not. I'm just thinking of a guy who came... No, Corey Graham came in August 3rd. Uh, who was it? It is someone, as the chip defender, someone I, I would have thought that you could have gotten. Um, what college did he go to? What college do you think he went to? He went to Oregon. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, here, can you play it one more time? I'll just keep going. Yes. 
Yeah, well, you know, just the more reps and practice game, both, both of them. <laughs> He's a real wordsmith. <laughs> you know, that guy's, you know, freak athlete, you know, and great football player. So, you know, completely well-deserved. You know, definitely deserves it. Josh, no, not Josh Allen. Um, um, is it Josh Allen? It is not Josh Allen. Yeah, the answer is Kiko. Alonzo. Oh, that's Kiko. All right, I should have gotten that. Kiko, no ball. Kiko, yes, go get I ball. Should have gotten that. Sorry about that. That's all right. All right, next one. Two left. Definitely a big moment. Um, like I said, man, I feel blessed. You know, God is, is taking me through is it a lot, and He's brought me through a lot. So, you know, what I mean, He prepared me for this moment. What did it feel like to see daylight there and know, you know, you're going to score that with that touch? I was like, you know, a lot of people would be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But I literally. Dreamed about this play, like literally. Is that Henry Josie? I dreamed about running a post. No. And oh, just like that. Oh, running a and post. And it happened. Okay. Um, this is a player currently on the it's roster. It's Market Michelle. It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, nice yeah. job. All right, you okay. got the context. Yeah. All right, this one's my favorite, and uh, I think you'll know why when you hear the questioner. Okay. I mean, I quick jammed him at the beginning and uh, you're out. And um, probably like probably like 20, 15 yards in the, down the field. I was like, Leotis McKelvin. Like, oh, no. He kept going and he got a position on me, so I was just trying to fight. She'll him. never covered Leotis McKelvin. Oh, that's right. Okay. Oh, I should have just been on top, but that's how it worked out sometimes. You gotta, don't let him catch the ball, though. No touchdowns. Well, what's the key when your back's to the line of scrimmage on a go route like that when you're kind of facing up on him? How do you know kind of want to get your hands in there and pick up the pass like that? Man, well, they, this guy's eyes get big, their hands come up, you know, their body body position, our body language just tell you everything. So it's just, you got to just go ahead, okay, the ball is coming. So let me, yeah. There you go. A, a shield with hair in that video. All right, so we're looking at his first stint with the team, first stint covering the team. And Nelson's here, so we're looking at the 2015 season. Okay. Byron Maxwell. That's correct. All right. Boom. Nice job. That I felt good there. I, I felt good with that one. Okay, good. Yes. Good job. Four out of five. Yes. You're getting better. 80%. Yes. It's a and I, I should have gotten Kiko. I, you, really I, am, I do Kiko. think you should have gotten Kiko. I should have gotten Kiko. Yes. Uh, my favorite Kiko interview was, was <laughs> when they traded for him mm-hmm. and, he, and they did a conference call. And he was lifting weights at the time, but he could have been underwater. Like it was, this the audio on this call was horrible. Okay, the questions and answers were not very good. Well, you could see that he wasn't the most uh, talkative fellow. Nice guy, though. Nice. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or nice, or I shouldn't say that. Nice guy to interview. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Who I mean, knows? I don't know what it was like outside. I agree. Like, yeah. Yeah. He and I never even better guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> had a had a crazy story in college, but. What's that? Well, he got in trouble in college. He, uh, he like woke up in, in in someone else's house. Oh, like, really? He was. I don't yeah, remember this. I don't want to. I don't remember. Speak this. out of turn. Uh, you're but, a reporter. This is a fact. Yeah. This no. I story. mean, it was like it was the disciplinary thing against him in college. But oh, okay. I think he was. He was out drinking and. Yeah, I think he woke up in the wrong house. <laughs> he woke up in like a living room. Or something. <laughs> it's <laughs> happened to all of us. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it was like at Wake Forest that, that happened to me. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, yeah, because if you're outside in, in Syracuse, you, you could freeze. That is that is very yeah. true. Also, I was in the Daily Orange building at the not time. Quite, like, not quite, not quite as not quite as bad a college story as the Brian Brayman, of course. I'll refresh my memory on that one. I think he was uh, selling mushrooms or like making okay. mushrooms, and I don't know. Yeah, no, which that, I mean, actually, you know, but that's on brand. I feel yeah, like. I, yeah, you know, maybe that's not so bad. That's just uh, an enterprising young gentleman. Okay. No harm was coming to people, I guess. There was something else to the Brian Brayman thing, as you would expect. I mean, I just like how Brian Brayman tried picking fight wow. Jason Peters. In the middle of this recording, Zach, I have got an email. Is there news? Membership oh. accepted to Pro Football Writers of oh, America. Thanks great. Uh, Absolutely. to you. I don't know if that's because of me. <laughs> I think it's because of your You're the chapter president. Out- outstanding work. But... Well, wanted that Game Pass discount. There you go. Yeah. It's one of the perks. Uh, all right. What else you got? How are you going to spend your Sunday evening? Is it a Sunday? Uh, that's a that's a football guy answer, by the way. Yeah. I I I, uh, I I make that joke because as as two of my coaching interns were walking off the field today, one of them uh, brought up something and said, "Wait, is it Sunday today?" Yes. And and my favorite coaching bit. It's there, true I, though. Like I yeah. I am completely out no. of uh, touch on what the days are. But my my favorite coaching bit. Um, is when they play on like a Monday or they play on like a Thursday <laughs> right. and, and they want to make sure you know that in, in, yes. in their schedule this well, is today's a today's yeah. a Friday right? so so Tom Coughlin was was always like the king of that and and Coughlin would would be like well this is actually a Thursday you know and, like they'd be playing on on a, on a Monday and right. it'd be Friday and he's like well this is really a Thursday and right. uh, it would just it would just be like no this is the day week it is yeah and Doug Peterson does the same thing sometimes. Right. And they remind you. They're like, you know, well, this is our Wednesday. Um, so, anyways. And so, if it's a Thursday game, it's a short week. So then they have to say, well, this is really our Tuesday and Wednesday. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. As if, like, there's, there's no other way to prepare for, right. prepare for the game. Right. Um, but in Which any, we're going to, I mean, we're going to get that starting next week. Because after the Eagles play on Thursday, they go into game week mode. So, Saturday is going to be Tuesday. Yes, yes. Um, and if you ask them the day of the week, they're so confused. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like they're, they're programmed not to know what's going on with right. the rest of the world. Uh, in any event, what am I doing on on this Sunday? I'm going to have uh, dinner with my wife and at home, and uh, I'm going to finish a story. And uh, there's there's some good TV on tonight that I'll, I'll, I'll probably check. Well, out. What is there? Uh, I've been enjoying the um, the Roger Ailes uh, oh have you series okay. on yeah Showtime um, the loudest voice yep uh, I, I think Russell Crowe's doing a great job in it he doesn't have to sing right um, what's that he doesn't have to sing no, as Roger Ailes oh no he doesn't okay. have to sing that's good and then uh, I know a show you like succe- uh, Succession's on I'm not gonna oh watch- is it back tonight I believe it's back tonight oh. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna be watching it tonight. I don't know if I want to watch it tonight or I want to wait for a couple to build up. Oh really? You like to? I, I do, okay. but I feel like Succession would be good as a once a week too. It's it's uh, it's yeah, meaty so. enough and it's good. Yeah. I as I was telling you the other day, uh, Billions. We're going through Billions, and it's okay. But like, I watch Billions, and I just think, wow, this show is only makes me want to watch Succession. It's Succession really? so much better. Yeah. You see, I I told you my issue with Succession is that like there's there's no one on the show you you like or you're rooting for, yeah. and, and you're like that's what you like about it. Well, but they're all but they're they're treated that way. Yeah. Um, and true. there's some real humor. They're like 
But my guess is that I won't end up watching either, either of those shows, and I will catch up uh, on like Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. All right. We're back at it tomorrow? Back or, at it tomorrow. Are we not back at it tomorrow? We are back at it tomorrow. Okay. Yes. And okay. then we will have, uh, I think, a three-man pod, a three-bird weave with Mr. Kapadia, the man who so, uh, so effortlessly grilled Byron Maxwell in that interview on Tuesday. Yes. So. Good questions, too. Yeah. Classic old school shield. I I can't wait to hear, I can't wait to hear what what. And we're has. gonna have three mics, so it's gonna sound good. Yes, we won't have to pass back and forth. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow for Zach and Shield and Bo. And as always, we love you. friends